Hey everyone, this is Annie Tevlin, founder of Skin Owl Skincare and your host of Off the Record, the podcast. From years of helping people with their skin, it dawned on me that when you're talking to people about their skin, be it acne or aging, the conversation so often becomes about one's insecurities, lack of self-worth, and how to reconcile who they are while living in the skin they're in. The road to healing one's skin is not solely paved with a good face oil or eye concentrate, but with an openness that I have felt so fortunate to be on the other end of. This vulnerability motivated me to start a podcast. This podcast, one that has evolved into a magnetic epicenter of amazing humans telling their story in a truly raw and transparent way. Join me every Monday as my guests and I dive deep into universal truths by way of humor, heartache, and hope. Now it's just you and me. I respect your privacy. What happens here when I believe this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips. Cause I can't say I'm not what I would do. Off the record with you. So we're about a minute out from my inspiring interview with Josh Rosebrook. But before that, I want to talk about one of my favorite new finds. If you listened to last week's episode with Matt Emerzian, you probably know who I'm talking about. Here's a hint. Okay, no, that is not one of my new sound effects from my soundboard. That, my friends, is the sound of my two new favorite supplements from one of my favorite companies, Live Lightly. To wit... Live Lightly is a multifaceted husband and wife-run company that focuses on elevating consciousness through their spiritual teachings, conscious consumption, yoga, meditation, and yeah, these little wellness capsules that have changed my relationship with supplements. And yes, I have tried a boatload because when you're in the wellness world, that's what you do. But these, in a nutshell, are really special. Live Lightly supplements are made in the USA. They're GMO-free. They're affordably priced and designed to address the most common nutrient deficiencies with a curated focus on gut health, hormone health, and sustained energy. So listen, all BS aside, we are living in a weird world. So for me, knowing the makers behind the products that I ingest and put on my body is paramount. And you know, I'm all about supporting small ethical businesses, which is why off the record and Live Lightly want to give you an exclusive discount code to shop their entire marketplace. Here's what you do. You just go to livelightlyyoga.com backslash shop backslash supplements, one or the other, and just use code OTR10 for 10% off the entire wellness shop. So again, livelightlyyoga.com backslash shop or livelightlyyoga.com backslash supplements and you can shop with that code. There's a bevy of holistic and personal care products. So have at it, my friends. And if you're looking for recommendations, try their Boosted. It's a coenzyme B complex supplement for nervous system support and their Clarity, which is a supplement that helps with alertness. It helps with focus and lifting the fog, so to speak. So I love the owners, Sue and Dan. They'll be joining me on the podcast on August 24th. So be sure to check back then. And with that, go shop. LiveLightlyYoga.com backslash shop or LiveLightlyYoga.com backslash supplements and use code OTR10 for 10% off everything in their marketplace. And tell them off the record sent you. But for now, let's enjoy episode 98 with the indelible Josh Rosebrook. Okay, it's been a minute since I've had today's guest in the studio. And when I say he's in the studio, I mean that. Because for the first time since the world got weird, I'm actually sitting across from a guest. 
And if there was someone who could be the first person back to the studio, I I couldn't imagine a better friend. I have the wonderful, the strong, the incredible Josh Rosebrook sitting across from me today in my home. And it's a socially distant podcast, so to speak, but we are going to get deep. It has been about five months since Josh and I had a conversation together. We did an IG Live on Skin Owl's Instagram, and it was at the beginning of the pandemic. It was at the beginning of of something that was, you know, I think from the get-go, very unknown, very gray. People didn't know what they were getting themselves into and what was going to happen to the world. Um, And now here we are five months later sitting in California, and and we're still safer at home, so to speak. Uh, But I have been wrestling with some thoughts. And I feel like if there's anybody to have a conversation with, a stream of consciousness conversation with, it is most certainly Josh, because that's what we do. We sit here, it's never premeditated. We never, there's never, okay, I'm going to ask you this question. And da, da, da. It's, it's an opportunity for us to just talk off the cuff. And so if you're like me, you're probably having some good days, you're probably having some hard days, and then you're trying to make sense of it all. And I think what today is about is just to talk through some of the gray, to talk through some of the complexity, and to eventually arrive in a place with the help of my dear friend, Josh, to a place of positivity, true positivity, and an understanding that there's a greater sense of self that might need to be exercised here today that we're not aware of. Are you aware of all of your abundance? And how are you attaching to your consciousness and your unconsciousness? And that is hopefully what will leave all of you uh, feeling stronger, feeling more excited maybe for the future, eliminating fear and replacing it with um, true inner strength um, and mental willpower. So um, without further ado, I want to welcome the sweetest person, Josh Rosebrook, to to my baby nursery. (laughs) I was just thinking, what if I didn't say anything? (laughs) You're like, well, no, he actually is here. Josh? (laughs) Josh? Are you there? (laughs) Uh, He left. Yeah, I went on and on, and then he was just like, you know what? I gotta go. I don't feel so safe anymore. (laughs) I am so happy to be here, of course, as always, just to reconnect with you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I want to ask you, and I feel like I always start all of our talks like this, but how are you feeling today? Today, I'm excellent. Great. Amazing, fantastic. And that's really kind of where I try to stay. But with staying connected to authentically how I'm feeling and not, you know, denying the different layers that we need to process through it all. Can you give me just like maybe an abridged or Reader's Digest version of since the last time we spoke, you know, our last podcast was in February, but the last time we spoke was March. So it was right at the beginning of the of the Safer at Home installation for for us Californians. And and now it's about five months later. So can you give me a, a bit of um, a Reader's Digest about your trajectory over sure. the last five months? How has it been for you? Okay, so, you know, probably people will relate to this. We've all been through it. I don't, you know, everybody's experience is so different. But I think in the beginning, I was fairly, you know, going through a level of shock because the system was falling, everything we knew, how things were operating, everything was changing. It was, it's a, it, we've, we've gone through a death. And there was so much to process in that. And that I feel as though I was in shock for a couple of weeks. And then I think you agree 
there was a period where we feel as though it was a pause that was so needed Mm because things actually did stop for a little while. And it was interesting because then what we experienced was everybody, I felt as though their lives, because everything was taken away, going places, doing things, events, restaurants, movies, vacations, travel of any kind for work, work slowed down, stopped, everything stopped. Okay. So in that experience, what do you have left? You. You're the common denominator in every moment. And so I really do think it was sort of a lens into the deeper parts of ourselves that was so needed and people were struggling because we had to sit with it. And we're thinking and feeling things and we want to run away and escape, call a friend, go do something. You can't, you still have to deal with whatever that is that's within you that you've created. And I think that that it's been a very, we've had to drop in, we've dropped into healing in a way where we have to sit in that and process it and you can't run away from it. And it's caused people, as we've all gone through different phases of, um, you know, say, looking for new vices, Mm -hmm. not exercising, exercising, eating too much, um, eating the wrong things and uh, drinking too much alcohol. Um, All of the things that everybody's Mm -hmm. gone through to look to escape from this and to soften it and assuage the experience because it's been very disconcerting. And in that is all still that lens looking at you. So I feel like for me, I really... I stopped drinking alcohol. I knew that very soon that if you stop exercising and staying active, that you start to struggle with moments of depression. Mm -hmm. And I have never struggled with depression my whole life. And I started to feel bits of it. And that made, it was a wake up call. It's almost like we were on a very short leash Mm. and you have to get on the horse and ride, or you're going to be left behind. I don't know. It, it, so I found that it was like a do or die situation. Yep. Um, and that's a calling. It's deep. It's profound. And, you know, uh, you know, there's a macro thing happening with it where we're being forced to, we can either fear and really worry about what might be happening next, which is not good. And it's not in alignment with our core and with our spirit. And it does not serve us even creating what we want to create. And so we're in our homes, if we have one, and we're, we're going through this and still trying to work. And, you know, many people still trying to be with their kids, take care yep. of their kids, raise their families and do all that. It's very difficult. So it's like being shoved through the eye of a needle. Uh, you know, this is why, <laughs> as I'm sitting here listening to you, this is why I value these conversations so much. Is you know, I have dear friends and we talk about this and we talk about this time and we talk about how we're doing, but the analyzation and the study of it and the deep intrigue of it and the way that we break down, the, the all, I mean, not just during this period in, in life, but in general, you and I have always done a really good job of just breaking down and breaking through. And and so I, I sit here and I think, you know, pre pre uh, weird world, I I really held a lot of control, you know, and I and I prided myself on those things. So as a working uh, as an entrepreneur, as a mother, 
you know, as a wife, it was like I had my systems. I knew the things that, that I knew I had a method to my madness and I knew how to get done everything so that at the end of the day, I could feel like the boxes were checked and I felt really fulfilled by my productivity. And then, as you said, everything, all the cards kind of get thrown in the air and, and that happened for everybody, whether you're homeschooling your kids or you got furloughed or you're an entrepreneur and your assembly line is all fucked up. Like this is all we're all experiencing the same storm just on a different ship. And I've said that a lot, but everybody had changes and everybody had to acclimate to those changes. But this held up a mirror to me in the ways that my awareness and my control play off of each other. So I consider myself to be extremely aware, extremely introspective. I analyze a lot. I love breaking things down to to like a cellular level, but I also have things in place that keep me feeling like I'm achieving something or like I'm strong. And when all of those things got stripped down or when you don't have the certain, when options aren't there anymore, like maybe in any other scenario, I would have been like this, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to have someone come in a couple of days a week to help with Monty because Micah's running his business. I'm running my business. Digital business has even exploded. So now I'm doing more work than I was doing before. And, and now when you don't have those options, you you see what you're really made of. And for me, I have, I realized that I have a lot more fear, you know, than I'm even aware of or comfortable with. And and I, I think it's important to say that because I think sometimes it's like with all the memes and the Instagram world, it's like, well, this is what you do about your fear. This is what you should do about it. But for me, it's really important to A, recognize that I have it and B, sit in it and realize what what is serving me and what is creating a narrative that is going to alter the way that I see this experience, which is either doomsday or freedom. And that is where conversations with you are so helpful. And I have to tell you that they resonate with me because you allow, you open up those portals and you bring me back to zero. Like you bring me back to a place of being like, okay, yes, that's another way of looking at this. And and that's what we were talking about before talking about before we press the record button is like you know can this experience be transformative and that word is overused but can it get us to a place as humans where we we don't even know that we're headed in the direction that we need to be headed yes that is exactly what's happening it can't not be transformative it's transforming everything we're all changing we're all changed it's just vastly changing our lives. I think one of the, the process that we all go through, and I think one of the main things that's important to talk about is the fear that you talk about. And it's like, it's recognizing the fear as fear. And I, we've talked about this before, but in the context of the um, COVID and uh, the virus and the way I have been able to I feel like if I cannot find happiness and I cannot ultimately feel the force of life and inspiration running through me, then something's wrong and I need to fix it. It's my perspective. No matter what, I know this is open to, you know, other people's ideas about what we all go through and what you can survive and what you can manage, but Fear about what could happen really only disconnects us from who we are and takes us on a path towards creating 
and putting energy towards what we don't want. And when you, you know, we were talking about our body and when you feel a, when you think a thought and you feel fear and then you start thinking the next thought that's after that and after that, it's all in the same vein, the same channel, the same vibe. And it's the reason, the only reason why it feels bad is because it's disconnected from you. (laughs) And we don't want, and, and one of the things I think that you and I have always connected on is that, you know, we are creating this world as we go. And there's nothing set up. There's no master plan that's being orchestrated to take us to somewhere and we're being controlled. And that, I think, is part of a fear that we are being controlled. And yes, we do need to fight for what's right. And we do need to um, advocate for many, many, many issues. And that's something that hasn't changed and is not going to change. But having this idea that we're being stripped down and controlled and moving on that. I think what I want to emphasize is that, is that that's not what's happening unless you are creating that reality to happen right now. And if you want to create that, then focus on it and drive home that that's what's happening. You'll probably end up living in some sort of a reality that that is true. And if you don't want that, focus on what we want. We have to believe in the collective consciousness of the people on this planet. The majority of the people on this planet want abundance and peace and happiness and well-being and balance and freedom and joy. And they want travel and love and connection and community and health and diseases being eradicated and taken care of. And we have to believe in that that's what everybody inherently wants on a soul level and that that's what we are creating, that we are moving towards a better version. And this breakdown has needed to happen. And I was saying to you earlier, we have a virus. It makes perfect sense that we have a virus. You know, if you want to believe that it was unleashed and it's meant to control the world and then get us all microchipped and so forth, if that is what you really believe, okay, you are free to believe that. But what I want to say is, as we're moving forward and this is a reality, our disconnection humankind's disconnection, the way we operate. I believe we're moving into a heart-centered consciousness that's going to start ruling the planet. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And you have things have to fall apart to be broken back down. And I honestly, we can see this virus as an opportunity to heal because we heal through disease. We do. You either heal through it and you recover or you die, which is another layer of healing. Yes. And some people might say we already had the virus because of how we were treating each other. It was because of our immunity. So the virus that we have now is just. Is a, is a physical reflection of the disconnection that we already were. And it's an opportunity for it to move out. It's mm-hmm. healing. And so not for it to be so esoteric, but I feel like if you don't look at everything on a multidimensional level, then you're not able to fully discern reality in its holistic nature. There's just more to it. I understand that. And listen, you know, I I think there's different chapters of this time. Like there's been the strong chapter. There's been the time where this felt like freedom because I didn't have to be in all the places and go to all the events. And and that was a really freeing time. And then then there was the fear chapter. And and I think fear has has been kind of like a base level feeling that I can access really quickly if I want to. But 
I've gone down the rabbit holes of thinking that this is all a hoax and that then this is all, you know, X, Y, and Z and like a sci-fi thriller, essentially. Because, yeah, because there were degrees of that being, there were being relief in that. But and you're seeking relief. We're also on the other end of so many more, so much more media than we've ever been through. So for example, if social media was where it is now during 9-11, can you imagine can you imagine the conversations and the fears that that were layered on top of the conversations and fears that already existed or during Vietnam or during, you know, JFK being shot or Martin it's Luther King? It's information overload. It's it overstimuli. Is. It's like so many different opinions. Uh, there's facts. There's uh, falsehoods. There's so much. And it's believable. Right. You watch it for long enough. You're like, yep, yeah, we're all going to be microchipped. Right. But that's not a place that you can stay. And and to that point, if you are going if the world is going to hell in a handbasket, why not be joyful on the way there? Exactly. That's the whole thing is because even if something uh, really not good was going to happen, you need to we have we have a commitment to being well now, not creating more unhappiness on the road to this ultimate devastation. Like it would be like if we did actually know that you know the world was going to end. What would you do? You would get together with your family and your community and really just try and laugh and have fun. And like you right? said, if you're in the rubble, you're not just like this. See, I knew the rubble. I knew I was going to be in the rubble, so I'm just going to lie here until I starve to death. You're going to get out right. of the rubble. You don't fear the rubble falling on you. If the rubble falls on you, <laughs> the rubble. That's <laughs> a weird word. And so if that falls on you and it's bad and devastating, what are you going to do if you're not dead? You're going to try and crawl out. And you're then fighting for your life. Right. And and then and then you're grateful and you move forward and you'd make the best of the next moment. It really is you know, you talk about all of the news and the media and da 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 da, da and the social media and everything that we hear and all the information, the lack of information, the facts that everything that's real and not real that is that is just an opportunity for us to go within and seek what is right for us and to listen to things that feel uncomfortable question why sort of pull ourselves out of a fear-based reality and say, well, what if that is happening? And then say, well, I do need to make myself happy now, regardless of if that is going to happen. But then always to remember the bigger picture, what's really, really happening is that you are creating your reality in every moment. What do you want to create? What do you want to create in your world personally? And what do you want to create for the bigger world? And being connected to that brave sort of expression and moment is only Owning your space and then saying, no, we are consciousness and we are creating this world. What do we want to create? That is I the don't... most important part of this podcast. I know it. I, whatever else we say, that is the most important part because you forget that you have that choice because you're expected to be on social media and you're expected to because read the news. Because you forget. And you, but you're... you're because you know, you're because you, you're on something you're you're paying attention and focusing on something else and then believing it and not aware of that of the of the feeling in your body that you're getting when you're going down those paths yep. of believing this information and then your own thoughts and reaction to it and how that makes you feel our our lesson in it is stopping that and going and and, t- and t- caring for yourself in that moment like you would a child. It's okay. It's fine. No, don't. That's, you're fine. That's not what's going on. Teaching ourselves to better 
sort of handle these types of traumas. It's, 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 we all have PTSD from COVID and we're, and we're processing that as you're processing the now and the future and what's happening and all this, but it's a call to action. It's a call to getting us to anchoring in our truth and who we really are and creating our reality. And And it's going to take time, you know, the last two weeks. So this is now where are we? This is July. No, this is July 24th. You know, the last two weeks, if anybody listening has been feeling, was feeling this around that time, it's felt heavier. And maybe it's because time finally dawned on me and it started to feel like, oh, wow, no, we're not, this just wasn't two months. This is now five months. You know, I'm starting to feel the the accumulation of this um, stress and this change and and the unknown. But it's, it is one of those things where I had to go in and eliminate those places of toxicity. So I was, for example, getting a, a, a newsletter every morning from a very popular uh, newspaper. And you know, I would I would wake up and in my morning emails, that was one of them. And I would flag it. If I didn't have time to read it, then I would flag it. And it was something that I had to read every single day because I this is the time to stay informed. And this is when you've got to speak up. And this is when you've got to have all of your druthers and understand everything that's going on in the world. But at the expense of my mental health, you know, it was it was it was fear mongering, and it felt very negative. And and some, you know, hard is relative. And some people are wired to read that and flip to the sports page and move on with their day. And I, the way I'm wired, I was so sensitive to it, and it put me in a dark place. So now I've unsubscribed to that. Right? Like, there's things that you've got to you've got to unfollow the people who are keeping you in those dark places. You've got to get outside and do it's that. It's a cleaning walk. house. It is. Yeah. And it's it's you forget that that's an option. And that's all, I think that that's something that is important to implore people to do that, you know, nobody wants to clean their house. Nobody nobody makes time for that. That's why it's it's called spring cleaning because maybe once a year you have time to clean out your house. But this takes a different level of discernment and a different level of strength and awareness to be able to say, where are the areas in my life that are that are breaking me down? Right even if I feel like maybe I should be getting that newsletter so I'm informed and that makes me a good citizen of of the world. It's like, if it's making you feel bad, you just have to get rid of it. Yes. And if it makes you feel good to read it, read it until it makes you feel bad and then get back to a place of feeling better. This has been, it's, this is devastating. It's obviously devastating for all of the people who are dying and all the family members and people who are sick. And it's, we just have to, hope deeply that as many people as possible stay healthy and don't die from this, you know? And, and that's scary. And we deal with that fear. Like, so, but it's a processing that and we're being confronted. And I think it's just really important to remember, like, you know, obviously we need to, not obviously, but, you know, always, help others that are going through a harder time, but then we have to take care of ourselves because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't really help others. And right now it's so much mental and emotional health. I struggled. I've, I think I might've said this earlier, but I've, I've never struggled mentally. I've always been very strong emotionally and mentally, and um, I don't know any other way to say it, but I've I've never had issues mentally with my health. I had 
moments of not feeling mentally well through this. And to me, what that made me think of was it made me go, if I am having, if I'm struggling mentally, can you fucking imagine how other people who aren't as mentally stable as I are experiencing? And that's really where I was like, holy crap, we are fucked. Yeah, and if you're feeling it, and, and that can be said of everything, right? Financially, the place that you live, the car that you drive, that it's like if I'm if it's hitting me as a privileged person in this world, mentally stable, imag- emotionally yeah. stable, privileged person, then imagine who's been hit on the way, right? And, and the devastation, and the hunger, and the joblessness, and the fear. You know, there are other mothers out there with children who have to wait in line for their food. So if if someone as privileged as me is feeling that, and as privileged as you is feeling that, then then that is why we have to connect with ourselves on behalf of everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? If you can't get there for yourself, then you get there because of the awareness of what's happening to other people. And for me, I might have my, I might go through the day and feel the fear, but at night when I go to bed, it used to be I would lay my head down and feel all the all the thoughts would come racing in about the articles and the news and the blah, blah, blah. But now it's like all I can do is just hold, I hold Micah's hand as I go to bed and I just say, I'm just so, today I have Micah and this and my dog and my son and I'm warm in these sheets and I feel blessed and I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I hope I have the strength to be able to say, you know, to, to have the awareness and the strength to be able to see that and see that I have that. And that's, and and to your point, if you, if you are around someone or you're talking with someone and they go to that low place, they go to that place of like, oh my God, but then this, but then what if this happens? And then this, but the, that, the, and you can take them out of that well, that's how you can help your neighbor. Because Absolutely. when Micah says like, yeah, you know what? I hear everything you're saying, but like, It'll be Ultimately, fine. we're going to be fine and Monty's going to be fine and he's going to be raised and this is our revolution. You know, this is our Vietnam. This is our 9-11. This is our, our you know, industrial revolution. Like this is, this is that thing that we're going to live through and, and Monty will learn about it in school one day and we will be fine. The only reason we feel like we're not going to be fine is because we're on the end of so much information that we've never been on the other end of. Right, which is what we were just talking about. And it's our responsibility to tune out, unsubscribe, read, not read, and or if we do, then to analyze ourselves and how we're responding to it and get to know ourselves better so that we're healthier. I have an ability to take in all kinds of stuff and keep a boundary from it and have it not affect me. But I think it's because I've reached a point of awareness where not saying I'm perfect at all, like it's a process. I think you're perfect. Girl, just trail me for 24 (laughs) hours and you'll be like, "Ah, I'll take that back, Josh, not so much. But like I I have an ability to sort of look at it all and look at it objectively and go, oh, mm, yeah, no, no. Oh, okay. Hmm, Okay. And then just move on and go, what's for dinner? Um, (laughs) But I think it comes from a long history of taking in a lot of information and really making sure that 
That's actually what it is. We need to be more responsible with how whatever we're taking in is making us feel and whether or not that is truth or real. And anytime we're taken down, like when you were saying you lay in bed and you hold your husband's hand and you say, you know, I have this, I have this, I'm grateful for this, and I hope tomorrow, da, da, da. what were you doing? You're creating your reality. You're just spending conscious in the moment, forming what you wanted, and you can take that further into the next moment, into the next moment. And I think we could all be really surprised by really owning our ability and our power to create our reality how we want with no limits. I'm not denying how devastating, tragic, and horrible this is. But we don't need to talk about that in order all the time in yep. order to feel as though we can then ethically look at solutions and what serves me, you, our community, and overall what serves our way of thinking to get ourselves out of this. We had problems before COVID, people living on the streets, a homeless problem across the country that needed to be dealt with. Now look at it, it's even worse. So we've got problems and, 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 and we have to find solutions. And I, and I just really do think that ultimately this is devastating, but we're going to come out of this better. And I, I appreciate that sentiment and it is healthy to have that sentiment. And it's almost like, even if I said to Micah, even if you don't believe it, I think it's important for you to say it yes. because it puts that positivity out there and it changes my vibration from being in a place of, am I doomed? Is Monty doomed? To a place of, no, but somebody else in this world that, that is very sound and very intelligent thinks that it's going to be okay. And that's a good influence. That I makes me so. feel hope. But also look at on a detailed level, look at what it's made you, look at what it's caused everyone to go through. I really do feel this almost compulsion to make everything I'm saying inclusive. And that might be to a fault, but it's like, I just want everyone to know that, you know, many times when we're talking, we're talking from our experience and not, yep. it's not denying anybody else's lived experience. But like, look at what you've gone through in this. It has made you so go through everything with a fine-tooth comb in your mind, your heart, your emotion. It's destabilized me personally, mentally at times where I was like, something is off in my mind and I had to work back and heal from that and I've recovered from it. But going through that, that's only going to benefit me in my future because I know what it's like to not feel completely mentally strong all the time because of what I've been through with this how is the how is going through all of this and these difficulties how does it not make you better yeah. how does it not and and that so how does it not make how does it not make our our you know ultimately i'm not denying the problems and the the major issues confronting humanity but we got to break it down we got to talk about it how does it not make us better if we're all wanting more and wanting better and that things are always getting better ultimately they're evolving yep you know and you know doom and gloom the only thing you're dooming and glooming is this moment when we're really thinking about that unless there is doom and gloom and if there is we deal with it and we will and we would and deal we with it and on the way there you know, like you said before, if someone said, you know, 
yep, that's going to happen in 10 days. On the way there, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you would rise to the occasion and you'd hug more and you'd feel gratitude. And you'd tell people that you love them and that you miss them and that you're sorry, you know, for many things. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I think, and I say this a lot and it's hard to explain this on a podcast because there's a visual portion that is missing. But I say, as I look at you, sometimes you have to go all the way over here as my right hand extends all the way to the right side of the room in order to land in the middle. You know, sometimes you have to go to that depressive place in order to then speak yourself back to a place of joy and reason. To realize that that place didn't serve you and it didn't work. You know, that's the only reason why we sort of move off of our paths to, re- uh, it's a reminder that you're not on your path and it's not right. Yeah. So it's like you do need to, you know, and it goes for everything. You have to date the wrong person to know what the right person looks and feels like. You have to work a terrible job to realize your value and worth and work a job that you, and command the respect and value and and pay of what you know you're, you deserve. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of different layers here. Like I'm, I want to ask you, you know, I heard, uh, or maybe I read in an article that during this time, people are just naturally going back to a real deep place of innocence and partaking in activities that they did as children because that's when there was less, um, you know, complexity and and less fear and and the real world wasn't on the, you know, weighing on their shoulders and people are out shooting hoops, you know, adults or people are swimming laps or people are playing softball or kickball. Yeah, well, or, and why weren't you doing that anyway? I know, and it's like, we needed this, right? You needed this to shake up the entire system and to shake down all the shit that wasn't serving you. And then now you have time to go play softball. But, you know, I I, I think it's hard for me to speak to that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know, soft. I don't know. <laughs> Young people were playing softball in my neighborhood growing up. Um. <laughs> well, for example, I hold that thought too. I don't want to, but there are kids in my neighborhood that I'd never, I've lived there for, three and a half years, they've never, I've never seen them on bikes. And now they've been on bikes for four months. Yep. And there were other people saying, it's so great that they're riding bikes. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Why weren't they riding bikes before? Like riding bikes is really fun. Like it's amazing. And now they're still riding bikes. Well, you know? we were trapped, you know, we were trapped and confined in we were in the wheel, you know, we were hamsters and we were in the wheel and the bikes were always there gathering dust, but there was other priorities and other things that we put value on. Yeah, we all we had when we were kids were roller skates and bikes. So there wasn't anything else to do. Yeah. And it was fun. I'm I'm it's harder for me to answer this question because I'm currently experiencing like that multi-layered. Like, I I don't even know what I would do. I haven't even processed what I would do if I wanted to return to, like, childhood. Because between the entrepreneur duties and the mom duties and the moving duties and then the building the home and the other state duties, and it's just whether or not these are blessings or not, and whether or not I feel incredibly lucky to to even say a sentence and then building a home in Idaho— work is work and hard is hard. And this is the lens that I'm currently looking at life through is like, there is no time to go out and swim laps somewhere. There is, I don't have, if I was to break down how many minutes in the day that I am not needed or alone, I honestly, and I say this with a hundred percent certainty, it's probably under four minutes. (laughs) It's under four minutes and I'm not, there's no exaggeration there. It's either with my family doing the, the duties, you know, with an 11 month old, 
juggling that with Micah, juggling Skin Owl, trying to transition Skin Owl to a new state, all of these things, you know? It's like, so then I sleep. And when I sleep, my head hits the pillow and I have my little gratitude moment before my head hits the pillow. And then I wake up. And the second I get out of bed, it's like the world smells me and it's like this. And we're all up. Everybody's up. And so I get three minutes. I get three minutes. And in those three minutes, I want them to be positive. They have to be. They cannot be filled with fear. No, they have to be. If they aren't, then you're totally doing it wrong. (laughs) And it's hard. You have to. You have to get happy. And, you know, Please, I, I'm not in denial about the struggles and the pain and the stuff we do need to process, but we need to set the tone. When you wake up, you've got to have a positive mindset to go through the day or else it does not get better. If you start the day with fear and worry, where do you go from there? It's uh, it, nowhere. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you just stay there. Yeah. You completely stay there. You stay in, it's, it's, an, it's a vibe. And know? starting the day is such an important piece of this because, you know, not going to lie, definitely have had the phone on the nightstand. You start, you start getting awake, you're, you're, and then you're like, let me just see what time it is. And then, oh, you see the notifications, then you're on the phone and then right there. You're allowing all of moment. these things to happen to control how you feel versus controlling how you feel and then managing your reaction to them. So it's like getting yourself into a place where you know, that's being, you know, a little cork on the ocean being bobbed around by the waves. And then, or do you want to be the ship that is sailing through the waves? I want to be the ship. Yeah, you're the ship. Don't let yourself be the cork that's bobbing around because everything's controlling you. Well, and it's like, why would I think any differently? Why would I think that on the other end of that phone, like for every one email from a dear friend to say like, I love you or I miss you or sweet text or something that is joyful. Like, you know, even a daily meditation text that kind of comes through. No, I met with 12 afflictions, I will call them. I met with an understanding of, look at all these emails that just came through for Skin Owl. So now I know that that today is going to entail all of that. And then look at this, the the Right there, it's like stopping right there. Don't even open up the email and look yet. You're not ready. I don't look at my email right away unless I want to. And if I want to, then I prepare myself for what could be there. Yeah. And that's, and then that's it, the work that I, I'm so grateful for this time because it, it shined a light and it highlighted on that work that you know, getting an early start and getting a head start on your work. If I can peep these emails now that I know what to do, or maybe I can respond to some of them. So that's less work later. That is still in secondary. the wheel. That's secondary to you get your head together and be full power mode in your high vibe mentality that can handle anything so that you can venture into your work day. And no matter what's in your email, it's going to be great. Yeah. And, and that you, and that I have all the tools to respond to them. Yes. Like all the emails that feel icky or it's like, oh God, I don't want to respond to this or, you know, customer service emails. It's just like this. Yeah. You either don't respond to them or more often than not, I do respond to them, but it's like this, this doesn't really matter. Like it matters to respond and the integrity of upholding, you know what I mean? A response, but 
Usually it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Usually you're responding when you should actually not be responding and when you should wait to respond when you're inspired. Wait till you're- Or in that high vibe place that you're talking about where- When it's like, yeah, no problem. And you're pumping through the emails and just like, yes, here we go. Boom, 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 boom. It's not always ideal. It's not always like that. But I think it's just important to remember. It's like you first, your your headspace first. And if you can't take what's in the email, you shouldn't even be opening up. Sometimes I open it up, I see what's in there, and I get a little glimpse of not wanting to go in. Then I just don't open it up again until I'm ready. And sometimes that's just like half hour later. I don't know. It's kind of funny to be talking about this, but these are the little things, the triggers and sort of that create Mm -hmm. our world. And that's the reality. I mean, this is what, when people listen to this, these are the things that people relate to, too. It's important that this podcast becomes something that, you know, is not necessarily cathartic, but is giving people the tools and and to, to relate to it and to talk about those things, not just from these big scaping feelings of like, of course, you got to go up against that fear, but nobody ever tells you to sit with it. And nobody ever tells, you never hear about the examples or the well, mini details. You just see the highlight reel so often and the solution. And this is the place that you eventually want to get to, but you got to break down the road. People don't sit with the fear. They run the fear. And that's part of the problem is because it takes more courage to sit with it and question it and look at it, ask where it's coming from, what made me feel this. It's much easier just to feel fear and go on to the next scary thought and the next scary thought and then go, oh, we're fucked. Mm -hmm. And then just be done with it. You didn't sit with it. You just created it and ran it. Sitting with it is going, why did I feel that? And is that real? And is that not? You know? Isn't it funny? It's like, I don't know if you receive this. I imagine you do maybe, you know, through DMs or emails or just a vibe that you maybe realize that people see this in you, but so often people are like this, I'm surprised that you have any fear because you started your own business or you left Oregon and moved to LA or, you know, you came out, right? Like Josh can't be fearful. Right, there's a next level of fear to every moment in life. There's always a, there's a it's, a, it's the shadow. It's never going to go away, it can't. It's just how well we manage it and how well we smile at it and how well we don't buy into it and how... You know, and when you need fear, like, you know, fight or flight, it'll be there. You don't have to worry about that. Like, but other than that, like, it's something to be processed. Yes. And it also comes with, for me, right now, and this is the work that I'm doing, it also comes when I recognize the high value of something. So I don't know if I would have been afraid if I wasn't a mom. I don't know if I would have been afraid if it was just, me, to be honest. But now that you have things that are such high value, like Micah and like my dog and a son and and love in my heart and so much to <laughs> There's look more forward to, it's the foreboding joy. That's you know? what happened to me with my dogs. Like I didn't, I had, I feel like I had less fear before I had animals because then it's like a mother looking at it's a mother and other children. You see your child. And so now you have a bleeding heart to a degree for all children. That's what happened to me with dogs. Like I've always been an animal lover my whole life. But once I had my own dogs, it's, 
I'm way more sensitive and way more scared for other dogs, but I have to process that fear and not live in it and create it. It becomes a deeper calling to more love, not actual fear. The fear becomes the shadow of the greater love. And you just keep going up and up that, and you just have to be better at it. I don't know how parents do it. Like when I when I project myself into your situation, I'd be like, I would be freaked out all the time that my kid was going to die or get sick yeah. or I'd lose them. Da, da, da. And you can't live in that. No, I nor mean, do you want to charge that energy. It's to your point. Like the anxiety of the fear is always worse than the actuality. So like you, you know, I could. What if someone breaks into the house and takes Monty from me? Yeah, okay. Right, so well, there's anxiety around that. But <laughs> if they did you're going to have to fucking get through me. And I would have a hammer and an axe and a sword in my hand because that's what you do. Like you fear the fear, but when you're confronted with the fear, you act and you survive. Right. Like I look at my mom, she raised four kids and I remember she used to always just, you know, we used to be doing things as teenagers and going places and... I'm like, I'm like, how in the world would I have three kids with cars and driver's licenses and going, doing God knows what, because we know what we did. Um, (laughs) And all she ever said was like, okay, be careful. Probably, and that's a mixed bag. You know what I mean? Like she, you had to, or you'd be so consumed with fear. You have to be like, wish you the best. Yeah. Be careful. That's all you can do. And you have to relinquish yourself from worry because if not, you'll worry yourself to death. Yes. And you, and you will. And that's, you know, I don't know how many people are in this place. I don't know how many people are in a place of being that aware or, 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 or feeling like they can step into their power. You I think. learn that. You develop that. It's a muscle and you develop that because you have nothing else to do. It's like strength at war. You learn to just focus, I guess. I don't have the experience in literal war, but like you focus and you fight and you do what needs to be done. It's like, I see that simplicity is just empowered. Like I can't control. All that I can do is be careful, love you. I love you too. And move on and be happy. I want to ask you, what are the things, has anything new surfaced during this time for you that brings you joy that maybe you didn't tap into prior? Oh, 100% my life has changed. I want to know. I've gotten in touch with myself in another way because I'm single. It's just me and my two dogs and isolating at home. I think I'm an ambivert. I'm like an introvert and an extrovert, but I think I lean more towards introversion. So I'm very comfortable being at home and being alone and I don't need to see people. I think that's automatically kind of an introvert. So (laughs) I'm an introvert. (laughs) I try to say I'm a little bit of an extrovert, but that's just because, um, I don't know. I think when you're comfortable, you have, you know. An ability to express yourself. Um, And I also love people. Um, But uh, so staying home a lot and being home has been, was wonderful, was bliss for a month. Like loved it. And then it was not. And then I had some issues where it's like, I need to see people. I need to talk to people. I feel like when I did talk to a few people, like I would just be like, (laughs) just like everything in my life. And I'm just like, fuck, Josh, shut up. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm fine, but I'm not fine because I'm like, (laughs) and I, there's a balance that clearly is not happening where I was unleashing on like some of my best friends. And then there was anger. A lot of anger that's come up. We've all had weird anger. I'm yep. pissed. Yes. 
I'm pissed. I'm pissed that this has happened. I'm pissed because this didn't have to be this bad. Yep. Our country failed the containment of this. We see the example in other countries that did. They have, they're going back to relatively normal summers. So and that's, we're all witnessing it, by the way. Yes, I'm and, seeing my friends in Canada oh, and, and friends it, in and, Europe, and I'm like this. Okay. Yes. That's the future, maybe? And we... When we were in shock initially, we were like two months, we'll get through this. We're all together. We saw the positive and now we're in the summer. It's worse than ever. Peaking, deaths, crazy. It's horrible. And more than anything, these people are dying that didn't have to be. But on the other side of it is that now we're processing another layer of it. And we're trying to go, okay, well, maybe we'll be good next spring. So there's so much anger in all of this that we have that has to be honored and expressed. But then also, too, we can't live in anger, but we have to process it. So I've been angry. We've all been angry. We should be because we haven't been taken care of. This hasn't been handled properly. And so with that, processing that, I've gone through periods where I've, in isolation, where I've just been very upset not happy at all. Like we've gone through everything. Everybody's gone through a lot of it all. And um, back to what you were asking, yeah, what, what have is, I gone through that is that is that has been? Or what is extracting uh, joy? Maybe as a simple way. You know, way, I like, love cooking my own food. So having to cook my own food all day long, every day, which I usually did eighty percent of the time anyway. Now doing it hundred percent of the time, I loved it. I love it. Do you have a um, favorite meal? Um, you know I'm all about the details. Like I, I see do, the meals, I just, but then I'm wondering what are you cooking and what are the ingredients? I do a lot of vegetables and I do a very sort of like, I just gravitate towards what I'm craving. And then even if it, that's something as simple as a condiment, I build the meal around what I'm craving. And whether that's like, say, black beans or ketchup. <laughs> I'll build the meal around that and I'll be like, ooh, cucumbers. And then I'll start chopping a cucumber. And then I'll be like, oh, let's get that um, mushroom protein stuff that I have. And then I'll start cooking that. And I'm like, ooh, let's make it Mexican. Then I have cucumbers and I've got Mexican oh. and ketchups. And I'm like, and then I'm chopping up sweet potato. I'm doing because I want French, because I want um, sweet potato fries. So I'm making sweet potato fries and I'm making like some black bean mushroom thing. And God only knows what it is, but it's going to be delicious. And it's going to be filled with everything that I made myself. And I end up making what I want. And I'm like, ooh, do I want, you know... So it just comes together. I do this and, oh I, God, and I know it's it so well. And I'm like, ooh, garlic. So I'll start roasting garlic and go, what will that go on? And before you know it, the garlic's going on my cucumber. You need a cookbook. It's a I mean, mess. Honestly, it's a, a mess. But it's like, I just make what I want and I love cooking and seasoning. And then it comes, it turns into things. And eventually I start focusing it into a specific meal. But I... Uh, Anyway, I love it. And I started baking. Like I make all of these gluten-free, sugar-free. What's the other? I do gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan. I love cooking vegan because you can make the substitutes. You can make it, um, you can make it so easily now. It's so fun to use like all of these different alternative. Yes. So I'm making all of these. And so I'm baking and making desserts and cooking. <laughs> God, that's amazing. <laughs> I love and, it. And working out in my little home gym with my treadmill and my yoga mat and doing Pilates mat and like interval training. And so I'm, I've found like, and I'm doing um, intermediate fasting. Is that what it's called? Yes. Intermediate? Yep. yep. Is it intermediate? No, it's um, in, 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 
Intermediate. Intermediate fasting. Intermittent. Is that what it is? Intermittent. Yes, that's what I'm doing. I almost said intermittent. I know that's what it is. My words are just going out of my ears right now because I'm like, whatever. But I'm doing intermittent fasting. You're high on black beans and, and I ketchup. Love it. I'm doing exactly, bring it. <laughs> A little garlic and then some cucumber on the side with lemon juice and like nutritional You know what the problem is? is I don't yeast. have those things in the house. So I'm thinking to myself, why don't I do that? And it's because the cucumber that's in my fridge Nobody would touch with a 10-foot pole. I love cucumber. Cucumber is the best appetizer. Chop it up, put nutritional yeast on it with a little bit of like jalapeno pepper. And it's like cheesy and spicy and it's low-cal and low-carb. You need to put out like a cute little, even if it's just like a no, downloadable PDF. it wouldn't PDF. sell. It wouldn't sell. Not just that it a downloadable PDF. I guess I could write it all down. But I do, I do have a lot of weird, crazy, oh, this is what I make. And my sister is... Um, dairy-free and meat-free as well. So I'm always like, we're always rating the vegan cheeses and like being like, this one melts, this one doesn't, that one sucks. The, the block of that's good. The slices and that's really good. I love that. Um, but then, yeah, so I've, I've basically making desserts, cooking, doing the 16, 8... Intermittent. Intermittent fasting and then the feeding window of like six hours. And I have never felt better, looked better, been happier, had less cravings, sugar-free, no alcohol. I just feel great. But I had to do all of that because if I didn't, I was I could just cry thinking about it. I'm not happy. This makes me happy. I feel good. I feel, you know, but, it, you know. So I, I don't know. It. It's it's you got to figure out what works for you. And well, and you went there. You know what I mean. You put yourself in the throes of it, and that's that is arguably the hardest part. You know what I mean. You've got to go to the store. You've got to get the garlic. You've got to get the cucumbers. You've got to put yourself in the throes of that action because if you don't, not to say that you can't work with what you got because people can get real creative real quick. But if you you know you love cucumber, that's one of your favorite appetizers. So then you got to make sure that you have the cucumber to then access that and. Uh, from personal experience, like nothing feels better than a fridge of all the foods that you love. Oh, it, that's the most wealthy feeling I ever have is when I open up my refrigerator, especially during COVID when many people can't eat, many kids can't eat. You know, my heart goes out, but my being grateful for the food that we have in our refrigerators, but when I open up my refrigerator, nothing drops me into deep gratitude than when I just look at what's in my refrigerator yep. and say, thank you so much for all of this beautiful, nourishing food. And you're still standing in line for it too. You know, I mean, Trader Joe's, it was a two-hour line. So when you go into Trader Joe's and then you finally shop that, your the gratitude is even lifted because you spent a majority, or not a majority, but a part of your day to nourish yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it, then you cook with it and you don't waste it. You know, I hate to say, sometimes I would overbuy vegetables and then with the meetings and all the things pre-COVID, then it's like, and now the four bell peppers aren't good because I had a meeting or I had an event or I had this and now it's they're like, not whatever good I buy. You, we, they're not good because you didn't chop them up in time and just eat them. And that's the problem. That's the problem. You watch those peppers. You watch those peppers and they, and like at the point when they have on or they're on their last day, you just chop them up. No, and I, I you, abandoned them. I know, I know, I know. We can't do that. And that I learned a lot too with like, you know, I've always loved cabbage, but I remember saying to myself, like, you know, when COVID started to happen, I was like, cabbage is going to be the new kale. I just know it. And then all of a sudden, because it's, it lasts so How long. How did you know? 
I just oh, know because it, it okay. lasts so long in the refrigerator. And I've always known that. I've always been so pro-cabbage. I love it as a salad. You, it, can, it, can, you, it can sit in the refrigerator for two weeks and then you just peel off a little layer and then it's still good and just chop it up and throw it in your salad. And then I saw in the Huffington Post, there was an article that said, cabbage is the new COVID vegetable. I was like, I saw that. Just like I saw avocado toast. I started making avocado toast in 2011. I just smashed avocado on my bread, on my toast, with garlic and olive oil. This and is why you need to make a cookbook, because there's something to the black beans and ketchup thing that hasn't been, <laughs> that hasn't hit the masses, but oh, at least you'll have a downloadable I, PDF. Okay, you're inspiring me. You're totally, <laughs> you do inspire me seriously. I can make a killer salad dressing so quick. Just do something fun know. where it's like, hey, if you're shopping joshrosebrook.com this weekend, and you spend any amount of money, just make it free. It's a downloadable PDF. And these are all of my favorite safer-at-home recipes. And you have the garlic with the thing. You have the black beans and the and the ketchup. I know, I keep going back to it. And, you, and it's just like a cute oh, wait little wait till you hear my one-pot recipe. Go, now. No. What? Okay. You're like, you're going to have to shop <laughs> okay, on Josh. So no, no, here's what it is real quick. It's so easy and it's so good and it lasts for days and you literally only clean one pan. So you just pull out a pan or a pot and you do any sort of like, um, I do meat substitute frozen. This is all frozen and, okay. can, and all frozen and canned. This um, is like a chili pot or like a saucepan um, or like a, a pan, skillet. A, a wide skillet pan. Okay. And so you put down, you put in your, um, I put frozen um, cauliflower chopped up and then you do frozen because this is fast. You can do this all fresh and it'll probably be even better, but I like it all because it's about being quick and easy and yep. delicious. So um, frozen cauliflower rice, any um, frozen meat substitute that you sell. I like the I like Beyond Meat, and I also like the corn. It's the brand called Corn, and it's um, made from mushroom. Get that going, and then you add in frozen kale, and you add frozen peas, you add frozen carrots, and then you just cook it all, add a little bit of water so you keep it moist so it doesn't get watery, but that you just sort of keep the moisture in it. And then you add um, the uh, beans, so a can of black beans or kidney beans. And so you've got beans and vegetables and, you know- It's all mixed together. And so you're just stirring it all and cooking it all. And then the secret is there are these um, little, (laughs) I think it's Nature's Way, makes these packets of seasoning. And they're like all organic. I love it. You can get them at Whole Foods and they're just like seasoning packets. There's like taco, even taco seasoning mix. But there's this one called jambalaya mix. And it's just spicy, tasty herbs, you know, oregano's. And it's like, it's like a, you know, omni flavoring. Sprinkle it in, cook that in, and then, you know, add a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Then you have this incredible dish, right? But then you have so much, you're literally going to be eating it for three days. So, what you do is after you refrigerate it, when you take it back out and you cook it again, you'll put it into like a terracotta pot in a toaster oven or a regular oven, put it and then melt cheese on top mm-hmm. and shove it in the oven. And then you have, you can also make this with noodles as well um, instead of like the cauliflower rice. And you- this is Micah's dream meal. I almost wish that he was like peering in because he loves goulash. Okay. And this is what I call these types of meals where it's like you put in the beans and the meats. It's a hippie it's pot. It's just a like a hippie. It's, it's just, just all, it's a melting pot, literally, yeah. of all. And that's also when you chop up whatever needs to be, like you throw those peppers in there that need to be cooked. Throw peppers in; doesn't matter what's in it. Right? You know when you said, and then sometimes you can 
get these little packets. I yeah. thought you were going to be like, you throw in the black beans. And then you can get these little packets. Heinz makes them. <laughs> oh, right. Girl, it's not 1978. <laughs> but no offense to Heinz. If, no, oh, to add ketchup to it. Yeah. Then you add ketchup. No, but ketchup is a secret recipe to my tempeh loaf. Okay. This um, is so why you need to me, do a cookbook. Fine. This is awesome. No, it's because I'm a serial uh, creative person and I I have too many ideas. So then you, so then you, what you want to, what makes it even better is you put it into a little um, cooking little, I have these little terracotta bowls that you just can serve portion size, single portion size. And then you melt cheese over it and then you pull it out and then it's crispy and moist on inside. And then you've got the cheese on top. It's like, it's like a crispy chili Goulash. Vegetable goulash yeah. pie. Pie. It's like the it's like the inside of a pot pie. And guess what? No oil. So you don't, it's not really super caloric if you want to reduce, you know, if you don't want to have you know, sometimes these things in there are so oily and greasy. Yes. No oil and all this. All I said was it was the black beans or the kidney beans that added the moisture. Or the just the water. You weren't using oil. So it's just, it's so nice. I love this and I love all the ideas because as long as someone can give me, here's the thing. I you benefit from something like that. Because I am, I have this creative energy too, but I don't make the time for the peripheral. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's not the bandwidth for the peripheral. So at the beginning of COVID, obviously when everybody was making the banana bread and baking was so big, I went straight to um, an Odalangi baking book. And my mom was like, maybe start with something on the internet. Do you need yes. to go to Odalangi? But I was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. And I made this like strawberry berry shortcake with coconut cream. I mean, it was like amazing. Oh and we, and it was like, it was like dusted with caramel on the top and like crispified. And I like brought out like a, what is it called? Like a flambe wand. And my mom was like, just maybe just brownies, you know? And yes. now it's like, I have it in my mind that if I'm going to do something it's got to be like grand. And that's exactly a curse. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I say? Because use the thought, we'll see what happens. Because, like, I'm integrating, if I'm integrating a new ingredient, I'd be like, oh, I should throw some of that. I don't know if it's going to work. Well, we'll see. You'll find out. I love that. And many times it doesn't work. And then you be like, well, don't do that again. <laughs> Or that ruined it. Um, and then you know, but you learn. And many times that's how you find these really good little tricks and recipes. I, we have um, to go, don't we? I love it. And I love that you're doing that. And that you're do, doing it so like feverishly and often. And, and it's fun. And you do lose yourself in cooking. There's, there's nothing a, there's else a, to do right now. I know. But there's a, <laughs> there's a real therapy. I wouldn't say that about everything that people... I mean, I guess everybody's therapy is different. But there is something beautifully distracting about cooking where mm. you're in the cookbook and you're measuring and did I, oh, did I do a little bit more of that or shit, I forgot to get that. So now what can I be creative about and use this as a replacement and use that we'll see method, right? Like there's, some, and then the baking and then the waiting and then you peer into the oven. Like it's a very mm. seductive, curious kid-like process. It's and, amazing. It's so creative. Yep. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going to be doing more of that. And I say a hint to do more of it. Don't feel like it has to be exact, which works towards your making and not have to be magnificent. I don't measure. So I just eye everything and then I memorize what I'm doing so that I can recreate it easier without measuring and, and looking at the recipe. 
So <laughs> if you just sort of just like, oh, it says a cup, sprinkle some in that looks like a cup, figure it out, make it work so that it doesn't become this thing so that you always kind of know what you can <clears throat> shift and change or be like, oh, I should throw a little bit of, um, oh, what happens if I th- throw some coconut flour in that? Well, find out, throw I'm it in. here for it and I love it and... We're completely out of food. So when we go shopping, I'm, you know, I, I'm habitual. I'm like, we get the this and the this and the this. And it's like usually the most efficient process. Or sometimes we'll do the Instacart thing just because of the whole socially distant thing yeah. and whatever, helping people thrive and find alternate work. Uh, it was good to have, you know, tipping your delivery people, whatever. The point is, is when I go to the store, I'm going to branch out. I want to yeah. go into the frozen section and get all the things because then it stays. And for someone who might, you know, leave the bell pepper, so to speak. It'll just be there waiting for me when I'm ready to use it. Frozen foods is really great to have. It really can make you creative and quick. And, you know, yeah, it's, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay, well, it's been an hour and five minutes. We both have other things, unfortunately, (laughs) somehow that we have to do today. As always, I love that our conversations always end with light, you know, like we can go to the dark, we can go to the gray, we can go to the confusing, but ultimately what we want for ourselves and what I know I'll speak for both of us, what we want for the listener is to thrive and survive and be joyful on the way. And so for anybody listening who finds themselves in a dark place or finds themselves in the hamster wheel of dark thoughts or doom, you have two friends here. You have two friends here who deeply want the best for you and who ultimately think that you deserve to be on the other end of light and and to walk towards that light. And I am someone who struggles with that. I relate to that. Josh relates to that. You know, we've both had chapters during this time that have been devastating and unfamiliar. Um, but at the end of it, you know, we're human and you're going to have those moments, but you're going to come out of it if you want to. And if you make those choices and if you prioritize your happiness, you will come out of it feeling like, you know, you have a lot to live for and you do. And this is just a revolution and we'll all get through it. And whatever you're feeling, like your neighborhood will come out of their front door as, you know, the UFO touches down and we'll all be holding each other's hands. And I really do feel like that. And not that I think that this is going to end with a UFO, but it's a, it's a theme. It's sounds a theme. good. <laughs> I think that sounds fun. <laughs> Maybe we'll all, I'll walk into the UFO and then we'll see each other there. But you know what I mean? It's like, we'll all... You'll have holds to hand if there is doom. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for listening. Um, Do you want to end on anything before we wrap up here? No, I think it's been a powerful time. It's needed. Old, gross systems are falling. Racist systems are falling. We're all waking up. The world is fighting to become what it needs to be, which is a world that is conducive for all people, all colors, all races. And I'm grateful to be here and fight for it and be an advocate and be an advocate with you for what you're doing and what we're doing and what the world is doing right now. It's a lot. And I love chatting and it's just, I feel like there's so much on our plate right now, socially, culturally, um, spiritually, that it's kind of hard to unpack in, you know, an hour. And we have a lot, you know, we have a lot of needs that need to be met. And I'm excited to have been here and got to sort of talk about it with everybody. And I hope that anything that we said is helpful and 
well, if I know anything, you'll be back because you're my you're my repeat. Um, I don't know what another word is for offender, but you you're my like you're my you're my true north. You know what I mean? Like we always come back. There's nobody else really that I've had a series with here on the show, and I take so much from this friendship. I take so much from you know, the day that the universe allowed us to be in the same place and strike up a conversation and create a friendship. And and it's so healing to be across from you. You know, I haven't had this. Like I, I have seen my friends very limitedly and I, and I rely very heavily on my husband and my child and my dog to do a lot of the social work for me. But there's all these other people out there that I deeply love and care for and have, and have you know, are a part of my life. I they're know. a part of my life and, and there are there has been growth and and joy and just laughter with these people. And and while it's not, you know, while there, it's it's a certain percentage of my life that I've spent time with you, it's still so impactful and it's even more impactful now. And I'm just so happy to to go back to that human place and remember what it is to be human, which is to connect and to lift each other up. And that's something I know we said earlier in the podcast, but I do want to end with it. Something that you can do, and I almost feel like it's part of our social responsibility, is to, of course, let the people we love and our friends and our coworkers, you know, let them spill out in the way that you were talking, that you had a, a bit of a chapter with. Like, And I would just kind of like overflow. And But it's like, people need that. We need to overflow. But what you can do is to create um, to create a net for them at the end of that and just say, you know what? I hear everything that you're saying. It's very understandable that you have anger and that you have fear and that you're afraid, but I'm going to be here with you and I deeply feel like we're going to be okay. And and the purpose, I don't know, what that serves and the influence of that, it has been major in my life to have other people that are more positive than me at times. And so if you can do that for other people or if you're walking by someone on the street and you can look at them in the eye and wave or you can be the first person to make, to, to make a gesture or to acknowledge people in a way that, that recognizes someone else, it gives that person hope that we will all be okay because there's a community. Yes. And it's it's really important to to say that. It's so important. It's a, it, it's a village. It is. So, all right, we'll end there. I appreciate you. I know Josh appreciates you. Thank you so much for listening to Off the Record. And as always, if you want to see more, go to skinall.com, go to Dropdown Podcast. You can see previous episodes. You can go uh, and follow us on Instagram at Off the Record with you. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five star on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you like listening to your favorite podcasts and leave a review. You know, rate us, give us the five stars if you think we deserve it and then leave a review and let us know, you know, what you thought. We love the feedback. Um, And as always, if you want to keep up with Josh, just go to at Josh Rosebrook on Instagram, joshrosebrook.com. And and send him a lot of DMs. Oh my God. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. All right, guys, we love you so much. Josh, thank you for being here. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. You and me, I respect your privacy. What happens if we never leave this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips. Cause I can't say I'm not what I would do. Off the record with you.